You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I've started getting these emails recently um, from people I know. What the- is this? What is this we're talking about? Oh, is this the before the after the show discussion? Yes. So there's people, there's people I know. I need to, <laughs> I need to get nearer. Um, people I know on the, on my email. It says it's from them, and then you, then it gives you a link to click. Obviously, I'm not an idiot, so I don't click the link. But I've had them from various people who I know. Have you had any of these? I have not. I believe it's like a, it's either Facebook. Or it's, it is Facebook. It's like a virus, or, or not a virus. Something is accessing Facebook somehow. Probably something I've allowed it to, or somebody else has. I would say somebody else has, because I don't allow many things through Facebook. But you know when you say allow this app permissions? Mm -hmm. Somebody's done it, and I'm on their friends list. And then, this is the clever part. I mean, it's asshole-ish, but this is what it does. It takes the name of you, and the name of your friend, and then it emails you, looking like it's from that friend and asks you ah, it, it gives you a bit of hey how are you doing and then it says click the link and it looks pretty legitimate unless you open the like who it's from uh, subject line what do you call that the the little arrow where it says like it says say it says it's from um, Sid Talk mm-hmm. when I click that it says Sid Talk at gmail.com yeah. don't email Sid Talk at gmail.com but <laughs> It's a, then when you wait, it'll say from Sid Talk, at, and then it's some weird email address. So it, it's 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 preying on like because it knows your name, it knows their name, and it looks like it's from a friend. It's really insidious. Is mm-hmm. that is that the correct term? I believe so. Because it's I will never fall for that because I always check. Right, I was going to say what to what end is this link there for? I guess they get money if you click the link, or they. Yeah, I would say they get money if you click the link. It's probably a page with some ads on it. All they need is people to arrive at that page to be paid, right? So even if it's a page full of Google ads. So then what's wrong with it? Well, Other than it being They're sneaky. soliciting you, aren't they? Like, it's, but they're not doing anything bad to your computer or anything. I guess they could be. They could. They could be installing an applet when okay. you get there to do more ads in the background okay, on your computer. Yeah. It could be a bad thing, right? But still, even if it's just taking you to a page where they get paid for you hitting it, it's completely wrong because you never asked to go there. You never... Even if it didn't hurt you, they get paid. And if it's millions of times, they get paid a lot of money. So don't click links, kids. That's my message. So, um, Saturday, April the 13th. By the way, I, there was no discussion, really. You just said what you that, said. Well, I, t- I was t- <laughs> telling you about an f- yes. email from a friend of yours, actually, yeah. to me. So, um, it's Saturday, April the 13th, 2013. This is after the show, number 270. The movie we're looking at this week is This Is 40. It's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray on the 22nd of March, so you can pick it up now. It's rated R, or in this case, unrated. Uh, there's two versions on the disc. We watch the unrated version. Um, it's from our friends at Universal, and the tagline is, the sort of sequel to Knocked Up. 
sort of sequel to Knocked Up. So, uh, Sid told us the synopsis of This is 40. It is... <coughs> right. That's what happens when you're 40. Yes. <laughs> it is, actually. You turn to it. Oh, I've been 40 for a while now. <laughs> it is the couple from Knocked Up who... The sister of the main girl from Knocked Up and her husband. They have two kids. They're both now 40. Or turning 40. And it's about marriage, boredom, and just that. Like, the daily thing of, let's be very honest, I'll put it out there. Well, that's it. That's the synopsis. I don't want to go on and on, because you'll get annoyed. And in case anyone doesn't know, you and I are married to it. To it. Marriage. We're married to each other. To it. We are both over 40, and we've been married for quite a while. So this movie has things that Jed Apatow knows about marriage, because he's a guy in his 40s who's been married a long time, that we also know. Now, what I want to say before we... Well, I'm just going to say some of my opinion. What I think about... I really like this movie, by the way. Um, Judd Apatow's um, comedy kind of hits me just right, if you know what I mean. It's um, There's something more human about it than other goofy kind of things. And what I think he has a really unique thing, and it's struck me over the years of watching his comedies, is... I feel like I'm being a voyeur on his ho- on his own life. <laughs> yes. Right. He uses scripts to explore his own dysfunctional yeah. family. And I think it's a very unique thing. I don't believe other people do it so overtly as him. Like, obviously, his wife's in this. Um, his I think, children. I think he lives vicariously through Paul Rudd, to be honest, or Seth Rogen. Whoever is the... Paul Rudd, um, I feel, it's, it's, that's Judd Apatow, isn't it? I will say this. It's all very from a man's point of view. Yes, there are points where the, you you see, oh, well, the, how the woman is seeing the man. But it's almost, I'm saying, 87.5% well, man I, I, point of view. I felt that it has both sides. And Leslie Mann, who plays the, the wife in this, there's moments where there's lots of moments in the in the in the this movie or other movies of his where you're like, oh, that is exactly right, isn't it? That is. For I example, mean, I'm just really interested in hearing anything that you might pick up from the, this movie. Just actually the way she. Um, I mean, in relation to real life, the way she talks to him when he's saying some things is exactly the kind of reaction. Do you see this you look on get. her face? Yeah. What. Like, like men are just insane. What the hell are you? Yeah, what the on? fuck and did then, you just say that uh, you do not understand? And then what's it's going exactly on. the same from the man's <laughs> point of view. You see, I'm sure you see. Oh my god, he's behaving like an idiot. He's like a kind of like this. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Oh, everything isn't about me. Oh, what? What? I'm in trouble. So it's really, it's really good in that respect, and uh, I love. I think he's got a unique thing. I, f- I feel like we've seen. Obviously, we've seen his kids grow up through <laughs> in these movies, but well, no, we saw them when they're little. I think we've now. seen his. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Grow up. So, um, I think we see his life reflected through these movies. Um, they always are quite wealthy. These people or upper upper which middle is what class. He is. That's what I'm saying. So it's hard to identify with anything of their lifestyle for me, other than the interpersonal relationship. And even then, it's very colored by having a an, a privileged life. 
So that adds a layer of it that kind of distances me a little bit. But you have to dig past that sometimes to... And what I also like is that he... His movies, are, you know, it's a trademark kind of... It, apparently on IMDb it says that it's a trademark that he, his movies go over two hours and comedies don't generally go over two hours. And this one's two and a half hours. So was Funny People. I like that because it gives you a lot more time to get to know the characters. And I don't think... I don't ever feel like he's stretching the movie. I feel like it it's a real natural kind of, you know. Yeah, cuz the um Yeah. That part going and going and going and I'm I'm looking back, I'm really glad it didn't just get like <laughs> boom. Yeah, cuz it, it was like you feel it, with the song and exactly, the thing, you know, you really feel the frustration instead of just it being a, a sight gag or like a, you know, punctuation. And mark. you know, he does there's a fair share of sight gags slash sure. um Kind of dumbish kind of humor as well. Oh yes, but for some reason, it, it the the heartfelt stuff, like it it stops me like watching it and going, God, this is just silly. Like it's you know it, realistic situations, like him sitting on the toilet playing. But it's almost like he well, can't, he can't in real life say these things to his wife. Like, he can't address these issues in real life. You mean Judd Apatow with his wife? Yeah. And so, because they both said it's like... Therapy for them, yeah. And doing things that we don't address, but it's there on the script. Not in real life. Yeah, did I explain that? It's his wife. Actually, Uh, It's his wife and his children. Yeah, his wife and children are the wife and children. But she's married to Paul Rudd in the movie. Right. (laughs) No Judd Apatow in there. In bed with her, naked with her, things like that. Yeah. This is really funny. I like stop eating cupcakes, and I'm thinking that is totally sh- the anger that she had in her favorite. face had to be straight from home because the daughter finally said, "Well, my dad does like to eat the cupcakes." That was obviously every, a like, real. Jed Apatow um, really does. Where uh, at the beginning, where he was, uh, she's like, he's tidying up, and he puts a cupcake in the in the puts <laughs> yes. the plate with the cupcake in the sink. <laughs> obviously, so later he can come back and get that cupcake without anybody mm-hmm. knowing. And then she goes, you're going to eat that cupcake, aren't you? And he's like, no, I don't want it. And pours water all over it. See? Gross. Don't want it. it. And then later the... eats yep. it. Like, it, it, it's obviously that has happened in Judd Apatow's life. I mean. Clearly. And when he's throwing the cupcakes in the in the bin, <laughs> and he's just like. <laughs> yeah, let's say, part of the premise of part. One thing about the movie that I felt was it not pushed enough. And they kind of address it later. And you go, oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that kind of got lost in the mix was. This idea that at some poor, a point in their life, she's like, we've got to get healthy, we've got to be better, we've got right. to lose the anger. And it wasn't really a definitive, like, really hardcore thing. It sort of got woven through a little too weakly for me. To where there was no, like, here's our life before. Pretty decadent and lots of fighting and lots of... all And, and really show it to us for, like, a long period of time, really intensely. And then have the breaking point where she's like, we just have to do all these things now. We have to stop eating. The kids are using less technology, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't really happen that way. I feel like that was supposed to be the main focus of this whole thing. And it didn't really come off that way to me. Until later when she re-says it and says, I just want to go back to the way it was before... And I'm like, the way it was before, what are you talking about? There was no big, you know, Wizard of Oz thing, like, black and white to color. It was just sort of oozed into it. But I I kind of liked the premise of it. Um, like I like funny, pe- funny People as well. It's similarities in Funny People, even though it's about a different group of people. 
You know that thing where he likes to put in like cameos from like musicians. Remember in mm-hmm. Funny People, there was one. There was like a Facebook conference or something, and they had the music. I can't remember who it was in that one, but th- that's like an apatoth like scene. But it fits like this guy in in this is forty. He's a music a A and R guy. What do you call him? Like a agent. No, he owns a business. Yeah, I know, but what... what he owns what, a record you, label. Yeah, you, record label, that's what you call yeah. it. So you, he signs acts. So it made sense that, that you know... Yeah. Um, so I liked that. What about Love Your Man? Was that Judd Apatow? No. But they... Because they brought back... Or not brought back, but heavily into... Who was it? It was produced by Judd Apatow, I believe. Oh, and... Um, they were in love with that band? Yeah. I forget what it was. They were in love with that band. Was it like... <laughs> Deep Purple? Or- no. It was some remember. old, like, rock band, yeah. wasn't it, from the 70s? Yeah, I remember. Uh, who the hell was it? Because they were actually in it, right? They oh, met them at the end. Oh, going to drive you crazy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, he has threads through his movies. Um, but you have to go on to the cast here to actually mm-hmm. um, talk about this movie. So Paul Rudd plays Pete, the husband. I I think he's fantastic. I'm watch- I know Paul Rudd's kind of... He's a really, I think he's a really good comic actor, and I've never seen him in anything serious. And his style, obviously, is the improvised, um, you can tell. Like, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Let's just try it different ways, different ways. I think he's really good at it, though. I'd like to see him in a acting role that's um, conventional, just to see how he, but maybe he's terrible in that. Maybe he's Lincoln. Well, no. <laughs> hey, you never know. But any anything else that's not... Obviously, he's got his own thing, right? I don't believe I've seen him in anything that he's not being goofy. At well, all. I don't remember. I think I've only ever seen goofy ones. Do you like him? I do. In this? I do. I'm, I'm kind of neutral. Did you laugh at him? Do you think he was funny? I laughed. I laughed a lot. I, I think he is hilarious to me. Like... You can just you can say anything, and I just think it's funny. It's just his delivery of it. It's he's pretty natural. I believe him as the dad of these kids. The way he acts with the kids, the way he acts with the wife. See, there's one disconnect that I have. I think the she's married to Judd Apatow is so forefront in my mind that the scenes where it's meant to... And they do have very intimate moments, and they have intimate moments, not even, like, sexual, but intimate as in close-up and dealing with the kids and laying in, just laying in bed together. And and yet, there's just something there, like an invisible thing that I don't... Even the moments when they're trying to reconnect and then when they're fighting. I think the fighting, I'm more convinced that they're really connecting as a couple. Whereas all the other stuff feels, and as we know how Judd Apatow does it, he's yelling at them what to say, and he's yelling at them what to do, and I feel like it it doesn't it's trying to be clever and cutesy and funny, and it doesn't do the thing. But when they're arguing with each other, like for real, those are the moments when there's where you can seem serious because he got really mad. Yeah, he, really like serious. I say, he's good at like the, yeah. the turning it off and on the funny yeah. thing. He didn't. You know, I've never seen him be serious, but he's serious in scenes. In and the, he gets in frustrated, movies. and so... And I know, I always... I just buy him as a character, like... I know he plays the same character pretty much all the time. <laughs> yes, I just, literally I just time. really like what he does with it. Um, Leslie Mann plays his wife, Debbie. I actually think... And, you know, I didn't really know her so much from only from these movies. Um, she's, like, supernatural. And I think it's because... She's supernatural. No. 
She's like, supernatural dun, dun, dun. actress. Obviously because she's working with her family in these movies. You mean she's very natural at acting? I think she's natural at portraying her character on the screen. Yes. She um, also is almost always the same. Yeah, but I think it suits her really... Like, it's another character I completely buy. Uh, the way she... She's a mother, like, who... I, I get it, you know. Yeah, but I don't see the... Um, I can't... She's her own children. It's her husband That's directing her. That's why I think her. it's so good. She's a comedian. She's done the exact same role pretty much every time I've ever seen her. There's not a lot of acting going on. There is some performing. There's some taking instruction very well. Tell him blah, 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 blah. And then she d- focuses and she says it in a line. Yell something, something. She focuses and she yells it. I don't know that there's much of a stretch there going on. So I want to see her not be this. I don't think it's a good quality to be able to be the same all the time. Which is probably very much like her own self. Well, you could say that about Paul Rudd then. I just did. He's always the same. So what, I what I'm saying about her is, again, what she does, that role, and other roles... But this it's spot on. I don't I don't miss by it. Like it's it's obviously she's the mother of those children. So any scenes with those children, they are accurate. She's just she's not acting. She's not acting when she's kissing the children and yeah. and, and playing with the children. So on I'm the not bed. sure why you can give her credit for that. Well, I can give her credit because she is acting because she's been put on the spot to do it. Right. I don't know. To react to and when she does emotional scenes that don't involve the children, mm-hmm. I completely buy them. She she is she the rea- the rea- it's not just what she says. It's a it's her whole demeanor, like you know. And I know you. I don't know. I think it is uh, acting. I don't think she's not. acting. I'm not saying it isn't acting overall, but there are scenes when she's not acting. She's performing a line that her husband just yelled at her. She takes on her own comedic skills then. And does it. I don't know. I don't know. That's not like a... It's just a different way of doing a character. I really like Because her. she's essentially playing herself. She is playing herself. Not just playing herself, but she's playing herself. Yeah. I mean, you know. Really. The guy who wrote it is the husband writing about his wife who's just Because like he's her. like, I, you know, I love my wife. I like how she is. I'm. That's what I wanted to be like. I wanted to be like I, the woman I like. Right? I, I believe that's how he does it. I'm not sure if he likes all that stuff about her. It'd be very difficult. Yeah. Um, so uh, Megan Fox is in here as Desi. She plays the. Uh, she's like a employee. They own a store, and she's an employee in the store. I uh, Megan Fox, lover or hater, whatever you know. People people hate her. People love. Some people love her. She was in Transformers. We know that. I liked her in Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really liked about the Megan Fox character, and it's nothing to do with her actually in this movie. Is it didn't go the obvious place because I thought Paul Rudd's gonna f her at some point, right? Oh, really? Like, like a midlife crisis. For some, oh, I didn't think that at well, all. Well, when I knew she was in it, oh. I thought, well, she's going to be the both forty. She's gonna be, oh, you know, I'm forty. There's the hot chick. I'm. I thought that was going to be the protagonist almost in the movie, and it's not that at all. Mm-mm. It's uh, something totally different to that. I was impressed with that because, again, no credit to her whatsoever. No, but I don't think she did a bad job. I mean, it's not. It's, it, her role's not particularly um, demanding in any way. It could not exist. 
that character could just not exist. Yeah, I'm trying to think what she ha- why uh, just no. That in fact the subplot that she's involved in is could be anything. It could yeah. have been just like the accountant. It doesn't move. It, could have been anything. it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So no, it doesn't really does it. Apart from the fact that you know they are sticking a hot chick in there for some reason, right? Wonderful. That's probably why, right? Though, sure. Right? You know, marketable. Megan Fox is in this movie. That kind of thing. I don't think she did a bad job. I think she was quite funny in parts, but when she was doing the thing with the teeth was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were dancing and stuff. But I, I, I don't think... They were talking about her on the extras about how, how, how hilarious she is. I don't think they used enough of the hilarious part because she, she was... I don't, think they meant on t- I don't think they meant on the screen. They meant working with her. Right, but she was... Her role was kind of like pretty straight, wasn't it? It wasn't mm-hmm. like hilarious. Um, they didn't, I think they weren't talking about her on screen at all. They were right. talking about her. Oh, they showed all those bits where they were practicing with her and stuff. That's what they. Were so maybe about. they needed to let her do some funny stuff in the movie. That might, if she's so funny, <laughs> like it might have worked a bit better. Um, I'm fine without it. So Jason's, and I uh, don't hate her, but I'm not. I just am so neutral. Except there were like two scenes where I don't think she's just fine. She's not like an amazing actress or anything. Like she, yes, obviously she is attractive. I can understand not why. Not an amazing actress. Almost hints at some quality there. There's only, like, the basic lowest quality. Even in Jennifer's Body, which I liked, because of... I liked the story of it, actually. I thought it was an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because of her that it was good. It could She could have been interchangeable. It, it wasn't actually... It was just the concept of it. That Definitely. The other girl was better. And Transformers, obviously, you can switch her out, because you put Rosie Huntington-Whiteley in the third mm-hmm. one, and she's better, actually. Absolutely. So, um... Yeah, yeah. Maybe she, maybe there is not much to her at all. Um, so uh, Jason Segal plays um, Jason. <laughs> that was an inventive name. Um, we've seen him recently in the Muppet he movie. He really gets on my nerves. Oh my god! I Seriously. liked him in the Muppet movie a lot. I liked him in Sarah Marshall. Um, this I, it wasn't particularly funny. It wasn't that interesting. It was just oh, we got to put one of the other guys in there. He even said that, didn't he? To he make was. him sound like a constant stoner, which he's not. He's a bodybuilder guy, not right. bodybuilder. And we want you know, trainer. even Apato said I wanted to bring one of the characters back from knocked up just for you know fun or whatever. Yeah. And like, why not make him a make him? And a, we knew he was a stoner because that's what he's right. All and then, then he turned out to be a health instructor. Exactly. Um, wasn't particularly funny though. That was the problem with it. Uh, and it was again, like um, Megan Fox, just like this subplot that it couldn't didn't even have to be there, right? Nope. It was um, so. But if you like him, he's in there. Uh, Maud and Iris Apatow. Now these are the stars of the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I would like to see a movie with these two kids. Like, ba- like this movie's based on the adults. I'd like to see one based on these two. Kids. I disagree. You know why? Because. Mixing these two girls, their characters, <laughs> as the daughters to the mother, who's their real mother, mixing them in an adult context where they swear and they are being exposed to, you know, sort of a, a trouble in their parents' marriage and between themselves as sisters or whatever. But having that adult thing that they're having to be a part of, not just go to your room and don't listen to us fight or whatever like that. It's more like every time somebody... Even on the set, when you're watching the extras and the girls swear or somebody swears around them, it's like, you know, they've got to be folded into the adult world to make some of what they say feel inappropriate 
and uncomfortable and awkward and hilarious. The little girl. Like, you need the, the contrast. The younger one is If you just did hilarious. a kid movie, it wouldn't be as funny. No, I didn't mean that, actually. I meant a movie by Judd Apatow that's focused around the kids, not the adults. And that's what I mean. So if you didn't but, have I mean, they're still in this adult world. But it's about what the ki- the kids at school, the kids at how the meet you know the parents are in it. I'm just talking more of a like a like this is a look at the parents, mm-hmm. a look at the kids, but with the parents in the background, like right. So the kids are like the focus of it, but they're still in this adult world. They still you know know all this stuff that's going on, right? Um, but the youngest one, I mean, the older ones, given like the straight man role almost in this. And the she's piss, re- and she's off, really good. But... The pissed off thirteen year old. Yeah, so well, she is. <laughs> and she plays as I loved watching the making of this because I got to appreciate that day when she had to do an emotional scene. Yeah, man, awesome. that was real feelings going on there, and it actually made me appreciate the scene more from seeing the extra. But the younger one, she is funny. <laughs> if she doesn't go on to be a comedian or something, I mean, it's not like well, she's very little. Come on, let's not put the pressure on her. I'm not. I'm just saying that. I mean, she's obviously... It, but a know, lot of kids are really funny when they're little. But she, they're, then they get ruined by But she is being fed lines, as we know. Absolutely. From, so they're not all... But there was some... Like, we were watching the deleted I'm scenes. I'm making a bread bracelet. It's genius. Yeah, on the deleted <laughs> scenes, she, they were uh, uh, on the kids' table at a restaurant. So they put the kids all together, and then the, the adults are having their meal over there. And the kid table... See, this is what I'm talking about, like a like a, a movie focused on the kids. So we see the kids' table, and the kids' table is as funny as the adults' table because what are the kids talking about in this deleted right. scene? It's just hilarious. Like, like the kids are talking like adults, but then there's a bit of goofiness mixed in. But um, yeah, I think they're the stars of the show. I, I was surprised at how good they were. Like it was, um, I know that they're with the mom, they're with the dad. It's probably a lot easier than, you know, the, the nerves are off a little bit. But no, they didn't seem to be. The, the older ones seem to be taken. Yeah, exactly. But, um... I think yeah. that's a misconception, because if it's your mom and your dad, imagine the pressure. Yeah. That's why the scene where she says, you want me to be perfect all the fucking time, and the pressure, I can't do it, that's what she's saying. Yeah. Like, imagine being the daughter of Jed Apatow and that, other, and that lady, and being in their movie, and... There has to be understood that there's lots of money involved and you have to do good and, you know. It's one of the things I love about the whole Apato thing, though, that, you know, the family is involved. And the set seems different to other sets that I've seen because of that. You can tell just the the set feels really comfortable. Like, I feel everybody's having fun. They like, they actually want to make the movie. It's not very serious. It's not obviously they're making a comedy, but it seems warm to me. Like it, people are having fun making it. Even mm-hmm. the people who are peripheral, who are not part of the Apato, like um, McCarthy lady, even she was like, "Well, this is just fun to do." Um, John Lithgow plays Oliver. Um, he's the father of. Uh, this is an interesting part of the story of these two. The grown-ups that we're watching, both of their parents, both of their fathers, yeah. have after the parents have gotten divorced. Well, yeah, we have, we know they're divorced because the both of the fathers then later in life remarried and started a second family. Right. So they're both in their sixties, but have young kids, and now we have these two adult kids who are forty, looking at their fathers who have whole different families, to where you're kind of pushed out. I mean, the Paul Red character has to. 
take care of his father financially and emotionally while the father's now taking care of his little five-year-old sons with his younger wife. And then the other father has young kids. And he's a successful uh, surgeon. Yeah. But and he's but he's a fuck up in the way. Like he knew he, he screwed up his first marriage with the, he, her mother, and then he left, started another family, and it screwed and up. And then ignores the the daughter. The daughter. Well, you know, doesn't see her for years on end. Um, oh, she only see he only sees her if she pursues it. Like it's uh, yeah, exactly. It's like a, it's almost cut out kind of thing. But yeah, I like that because he tell you what, this is really about this couple and dysfunctional parents who. You know, I, I did like those subplots of the of the fathers. In fact, it was one of the most interesting parts. When she went to see John Lithgow for the first time in the restaurant, how, like, I, I was going to say clinical, yep. which is a pun, but that's how he felt. Like, Absolutely. He, he, was just, he was just... Distant. Yeah, and, like, it, it didn't really seem to matter that much to him. Like, the, even it, you know, it didn't really seem to matter to him that much ever. It did. Yes, it did. Because he explained completely. He didn't think no, she wanted No, I don't mean. Him. I don't mean the whole movie. I mean oh. this scene. Like he, it didn't. Right, but we learn later that he's just holding back because he doesn't think she wants anything. So. Right. But then it's, you understand uh, why he is acting so clinical. But both of them, and the other, the Paul Rudd's father is an interesting. Albert just, Brooks. Yeah, it's just uh, they're pretty extreme. But both would cause like heartache. In, Absolutely. In so uh, and the other father, Albert Brooks, yeah, plays Larry. Um, you like Albert Brooks? I don't know why I think you like Albert. Brooks. I have no idea. I'm neutral on Albert Brooks. I liked Mother. I liked him in Driver. Did you like him in this? Drive, Driver, Drive. I did. He had a couple of moments where he's a bit indulgent, and I think Judd Apatow might indulge him a little bit. And yet, he re- he really says things in a heartfelt way. I think so. You know, he's like a bit he's, old. He's slightly old school uh, in his delivery of things. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. I feel like he's like Billy Crystal or somebody like that. Where it's, I don't know. It, Why would you compare him to Billy Crystal? Like comedies of of like the eighties. That he reminds me of that type of acting. I was like, more like a Woody Allen actor to me. Yeah, not that. To me, it reminds me of like like eighties comedies. The way. He, but this character's like screwed up, like I mean, really screwed up. He's like they don't really, they don't really show it that way. I mean, he's but it, but money the from, the impl- yeah. implication that his son is paying for him and the way he kind of treats his son, like son's kind of like you I owe can't, me. Can't he, really pay. You can't really. Pay. I'm I'm in financial difficulty myself. Well, that's not. You can't do that. I've got to bring up my sons. Like yeah. like there is no other option. Yeah. I, uh, I'm your father. Almost and... like, sell, sell sell everything, then you've got to keep me going. Exactly. It's really, it's it's a weird passive-aggressive thing, isn't it? Oh, uh, yes. So, um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought they were the characters were pretty deep in that way. Um, Melissa McCarthy, I put her down as well, because I, I find her quite funny. And she plays Catherine in you this. You do find her funny? Yeah, I, I really loved her in I only thought, yeah, well, that doesn't make me think she's funny. And in this, uh, that improvised scene was really funny to me. The two scenes, actually. The one in the principal's office. I didn't think they were funny at all. The one in the principal's office, and it's actually in the outtake where she said that Karen Carpenter motherfucker. Yeah, but don't think that's funny. I thought that was hilarious. In fact, I was... Tears were coming out of my eyes with that. Um, You weren't even laughing. I was. I was absolutely laughing. No, you actually weren't laughing. 
Yeah, I, well, I you was because I know I know myself. Yeah. I know, but you weren't like laughing. No, I don't laugh like you do. I, um, but my eyes were watering. I found that scene so funny. Uh, I liked her in this. The scene with the kid where um, she was abusing the kid. She just go, it's just too much for me. I don't find it funny at all. I find like if but that's what she was in Bridesmaids. No, was she there, had all kinds of stuff in Bridesmaids. The moment I mean, she when was the. She, I know, but when she had moments of the extreme, I didn't think it was funny. When she had moments of just keeping it balanced right, then I was good with it. I really like it. And I found out this week that she's Jenny McCarthy's cousin. I know, you know when you think, oh, people have got the same name. in Ho- Hollywood's a small world, it seems. Didn't even know her name. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. But um, I was watching a, Howard Stern was interviewing Jenny McCarthy, and she said, Jenny McCarthy said, I'm really sick of people calling my cousin fat. It gets on my nerves. And he was like, who's your cousin? And she said, it's Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaid. He's like, oh, yeah, such and such a person said she was a... Somebody in Hollywood said she was a fat pig or something in in the press. Right. And she got they got Jenny McCarthy's backup. She was like, I'm going to go and take that bitch out, like, because that's rude. You don't... Why do you say that, like, in the in the newspaper? You because know, like, fat people are easy targets. What gives you the reason to say that, like, so... Uh, this is directed by Judd Apatow, as we've mentioned numerous times here. Knocked up, funny people, 40-year-old virgin. Um, what else? Those are his movies. That's it? He's produced lots of movies and TV shows, but those are his movies. Um, Freaks and Geeks? Yeah. Uh, I really like him. I think he has a very unique thing that other people are not doing. It's his thing. The family thing. Um... And his stories not are always to do like funny people is different, isn't it? It's a bit a bit different, you know. Um, it's about a, a bloke, <laughs> but it incorporates the family and incorporates Judd Apatow's humor. I think he's really grown up as well. I yep. feel like like it's a funny thing with Judd Apatow movies. I like them as I watch them. Was you know. saving Sarah Silverman? <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It was produced by him that one. <laughs> But um, ah, I love it when I don't. Remember this is the thing about Judd Apatow movies. I feel like he's growing up, and you're getting a better filmmaker, and his stories are better. And every one I watch, that's my favorite one. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, like for funny people, I think it's real. I really think it's good, funny people. But like the next one I watch, I'm like, no, this is my favorite one. And it's hard to go back and watch the other ones because they don't feel as. Like, I feel like he's getting better all the time. Like, if you go back and watch 40-Year-Old Virgin now, I'm sure it's funny. But I don't... And it does tell a sentimental kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think this is more expertly done, if you know what I'm saying, with the human relationships. Because I think 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up, even, it's a little bit over the top. Like, it, you know, caricature type thing. Whereas I buy these people a bit more. You know, and yes, there are some caricatures in here, no doubt, like Megan Fox and even the other girl who works in the store. Mm-hmm. Those are a bit jarring sometimes because it's like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You have to have somebody who's so, I don't know, like off kilter a little bit. Like, why, why can't you just have some normal people? Like, normal-ish people. Yeah. Um, what was the one where the people were super tan? The some... woman was super tan, and a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. No, was it Will Ferrell and somebody, or oh, there was a couple, and then the guy next door was really obnoxious, and the wife was super tan. 
Oh my god, what was it? I don't know. Bridesmaids. No, <laughs> was it? Jude Apatow was a, a producer on Bridesmaids as well. That was he was also involved in that. Um, so there's a lot of extras. I won't mention them because there's so many. But there's a lot and. The making of that we watched, it's about uh, 40 minutes long. It's in two parts. It was good. It's really good. I think it makes you appreciate the film more, especially if you're a fan of Judd Apatow, because I think you get to see that thing that I've just been talking about. The, you know, If you didn't realise when you've watched this film that they were family and stuff, I think it would be pretty intriguing to see all that unfold, right? Might have been funny people. Yeah, probably. No, no, I don't think it's a Judd Apatow then. Uh, Keep talking. You don't have. You're talking. Oh, I wasn't going through the extras, but if you're looking at, you don't have to. You can keep talking. I will go through the extras then. So um, there are some. There are deleted scenes, extended and alternate scenes. There's a gag reel. There's linearama. There's music because there is some like quite a few different musical tracks in this in this movie, which is another. Judd Apatow trademark thing. It's actually a feature commentary by Judd Apatow, which I've not heard yet, but I will be listening to this week because I always like his commentaries. Uh, And there's much, much more. Includes the unrated and the theatrical version. And the interesting thing is, don't just start this movie up on the Blu-ray because you'll just watch the R-rated version. You have to actually dig into the extras menu to find the unrated version. Okay, so in conclusion... Um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoy all of them. Um, and this is my new favourite one. You said that. You explained it. So the next one will also be your favourite one. So that makes I find me- that's what happens with it. With them. With him. For some reason, I think he's... The, next, the one he makes is better than the last one. It always is. Like It always has been for me. All, all the way along. And I laughed more at the girls. I mean, there were moments... I mean, I laughed a lot. Laughed... That, to me, is the best part. Because I laughed at so many little things. And identified with a lot of the key things about marriage. and But not a lot. You don't, I don't identify with them fully. Because their life just isn't my life. But I would like another movie of this type, but without his cast. So that would be my next order of business for him. Make another movie telling these stories... But not with the same people. I, I love some new people. I loved as when Paul Rudd was on the toilet looking at his iPad just to get away from the family for a while. And she's, she comes, just walks in while he's having a shit. Oh, he's not having a shit, actually. He's just playing on his iPad. And she's giving him the, you know. Will you want me to install cable for you? Who, who takes a, who, who goes to the toilet for this long? Like, because it appears like it's. He just They were playing in the garden, and obviously mm-hmm. he is a bit distant. He doesn't want to do that, come inside. What was the other time he was on the toilet with his iPad? He's, yes. Just when he's getting away from things, isn't it? It's, um, but to you, it's jarring when someone opens the door to the toilet, even your, a spouse. But that's really normal. I've tried to explain this to you for 13 years. It's extreme. I don't care what anybody, any man says. Like, I want my privacy. Who gives a shit? You're pooping. Women wipe diapers and help old people with shitty. I don't want. I don't mistakes. want anybody in the room with me when I'm shitting. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's like it doesn't matter. <laughs> you are having a bodily function. You don't leave the room when you go sniffle or blow your nose or have a cough. And to a lot of us, it's the exact same thing. We don't care. 
if you're having a shit, unless you're just wanting to get some time alone, in which case, that's fine. But if it's like, it's so precious that I have turds coming out of me and I want to be alone, then that's that not what is, it is like insanity. I was brought up with my it's grandma. It's not unhygienic. No. I was brought up too with You people. can blame my grandma because my grandma said, you go in the toilet and she'd put padlock on the... Not a paddler, what'd you call it? <laughs> oh my god, I was going to say, she padlocked What's you that in? thing that you pull across? She put one of those inside the toilet. And when you go in the toilet, you pull that across and you don't let anybody in. And it was always a... Like, yeah, when you're a young boy, that makes sense. Because you don't want anybody coming on you, like, when you're a young boy. No, it was... Everybody, she... she would, like, my dad would not fasten the thing. And she would, oh, walk in and he sat on the toilet. And she would freak out. So, you don't you see? That's why. It had no meaning whatsoever about taking a private shit. It was because she didn't pay attention or knock or say, is anybody in there? And she just wanted to avoid that. I, I'm just... <laughs> so, I, I, what I'm saying was it that scene was funny to me. Not Nothing to do with my own personal thing. No, but, I disagree. I think that it... No, actually, sparks, when she was like, it let me have a look then. then, that was really funny to me. Like, yeah, because like, he's claiming he's shitty. <laughs> like, let me have a... He's like, have a look? What I mean is it tickles <laughs> that thing in you that's like, oh my god, she's coming in at all. And now everything after this is going to be really awkward and uncomfortable. And it's very funny that he's like playing um, Bejeweled on the toilet. <laughs> and like, Scrabble. Because we've, we've all done that. <laughs> Play, have you? I've played. I play I, uh, real racing on the, on the, on the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> you know what I mean? We... You sit there with your iPad or your magazine. Netflix. Yeah, so... Um, oh, the world has changed. Really? I cannot... If I know... This is for the world to hear. And I'm not alone, obviously. If I know I have to go take shit, I take... I always take either my laptop with me or the pad that you gave me because I know... I, I actually, in my mind, think I can't just sit there. For like five or ten minutes and not have any. And I'm a bit old school because I don't, I can take my tablet with me on the toilet. But I, it's alright. But I actually like a magazine. But what I'm saying is you need something. Yeah, but I, I like There's no like, the I'm just going to go take a, a shit and sit Yeah, I, don't, I can't do nothing. I can't just look at a wall. <laughs> <laughs> so when I have to go other places, I often find myself thinking, is there, is, oh God, is there anything to keep me occupied while I... And I, actually, but, but I am the world's quickest uh, pooer. No actually. kidding. It doesn't actually take me long. I, I go. I and should take that as a compliment because you don't disappear in the bathroom for long periods of time. You're, you'll say, oh, "I gotta go." You go, you come back, and then you're, you've had a poo. And I'm like, <laughs> seriously, that was like mm-hmm. seven minutes. No, less than that. About- and it takes you three minutes to wash your hands because you've got a thing about washing your hands. <laughs> so like, I'm, like, I'm like, was it hanging out on the way down the hall? And you're just like. Got it just in time? I don't know. I get it right to the another, end. Another marital thing that you start learning when you're married to someone. You learn things. So I really I really like this movie. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next Judd Apatow movie. This is 50. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sure there'll be, be some movies in between that. But yeah, I really had fun. I think uh, he's a unique But filmmaker. we need a new cast. We no, because to- I like his cast. I know, but there's never going to be anything new. It has to be somebody new. Because you can take the same people, put them in a different circumstance, and they're still the same people. It's, it's not going to be interesting anymore. Uh, to me, it's not worn, it's welcome out. So I could watch another movie with Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd. And enjoy it, still. As um, these people? Maybe not as these people. How about not married to each other, but married to other people? Yeah. And then just have an affair with each other. <laughs> 
<laughs> and have those children be in it, but they belong to someone else. How and about she has to be really mean Leslie Mann's a nanny for Paul Rudd's children. And those are it. And he's widowed. He's and those widowed. children are really her children. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so popular. There you go. Better get, get on the you blower. You just wrote the script. Get on the blower to Apatow. <laughs> a widower has two young children and Leslie Mann moves in to take care of them. Like Mary Poppins. And what? what's her hook? What's her angle? She... Jilted... Oh, you mean what's wrong with her? Was she like a failed writer or a failed artist? Or she tortures children in her. She hates children. Hates children. Is this a comedy? Yeah. Okay, she hates hates children. children. She really does not get on with children. Okay, now Judd Apatow is going to write some backstory that explains these things. Okay, why does she hate children? (laughs) Because she had her own children and she couldn't stand it that much. She killed them. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> no, that's funny. That's some funny shit right there. That's you improvising. You could do that in a funny way. This is why not everyone's good at improvising. <laughs> <laughs> but hating children is an interesting angle. It is. Hmm. Yeah. Like a cinema note. All right, so thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. Really enjoyed that one. Uh, contest. Got a couple of contests going on this week. Go to aschoolie.com. You can win some things. You can win a copy of uh, Lincoln from last week. You can win it. Which means you have to win it. Emailing, even hinting at, getting it because you just want us to give it to you, doesn't work. No, you have to win. Even you, I can't win it. And I don't have it, so I get Enter your name into the hat. All you be, right, yeah, let me put it this way. This week, you can win a copy of Lincoln on Blu-ray, which we reviewed last week. I've got three to give away. You can go to aschoolie.com. It's a very simple box. You fill in your name, your email address. There's one question, and the question is... Who is the president after Abraham Lincoln? Oh. You answer it in the box. If the answer is correct, it will submit the form. I will get an email. You will be in the hat to win. And just so you know, we've never said this, I don't think, but you're, you you don't gather email addresses or anything. They're just ditched. No, I throw them away when yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Right. I just, I basically, um, I take all the emails and for this Lincoln competition, I've actually got thousands of entries. This one's been really popular. I number them all they're all numbered in my email box you know one to a thousand i go to a random number generator online and i just ask for a number between however many emails i've got it gives me the number that's the person i give it away how to. do you know which number email it is well there there are in your, if you make a folder in gmail and send i send all the lincoln contest to one folder it shows you the number of the email oh right okay like it says like this is page one two, like a spreadsheet yeah okay so then i just randomly pick somebody i mean really literally randomly pick somebody and what i do though is and this is so all you cheaters out there can f off when it does pick somebody i look around the emails and see if that person's tried to enter several times under different email addresses sometimes i get the same person's name with 10 different email addresses but have you explained that in the rules that it's again i've explained that in the rules it's one entry per person okay and they, they, some people aren't clever enough. They mm-hmm. they call themselves Joe Schmo, and then they do it from ten different email addresses. Joe Schmo, and they all come at the same time. Right. So you're like, <laughs> yeah, that person's disqualified. <laughs> I don't even keep the first one. I just disqualify them completely right. because you're taking the piss, aren't you? Trying to enter ten times. So that's, cheaters. So next week's Blu-ray review will be Gangster Squad. Um, that's from our friends at Warner Brothers. We're going to review that next week. The new movie game. We missed it last week and put it on the end because I couldn't see the thing. I'm like Ron Burgundy. I only read what's on the script. So, 
And this is enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need to work out our marital uh, issues through the podcast. Yes, men who don't, like, observe things in the moment just drive me insane. I love you, but it drives me crazy. So last week, I didn't notice, because I don't care, because I don't read it. We go through the whole thing, and then it's like, it had just scrolled down a bit, but you just didn't even, you're staring at it the whole freaking time. All right, so movie, it's a it's a game we play. <laughs> Avoidance. My uh, one to you this week, and you can play this at home, and it's based on this movie, and Judd Apatow wrote this movie, and it's called Heavyweights. What's the game? And you have to answer it. What's the game? I just said the whole thing. It's yeah, called yeah, movie yeah. year. You guess a movie. You guess the year. I give a movie. You guess the year. Okay. Heavyweights. And Judd Apatow wrote Heavyweights, by the way, if you do not know. It's a Disney movie. It was from what 1995. year? 1995. Correct. Was it really? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> that was like just a number out of my head and completely unrelated to the movie whatsoever. You so were. that is well, awesome. You, you know roughly where it was from though, right? When you saw it. Uh, no, not really. But, uh, you know, I guess I had a brief glimpse of uh, Ben Stiller in my brain going back to, like, early 90s. And it wasn't early 90s, so I guess I <laughs> got a point. And mine is... <gasps> oh, crap, I forgot what it was. Hold your horses. This, look... this isn't very organized. Don't look at the screen. You will be cheating. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will fill the silence with... Barbar- with some... It's not silence. I'm making noises. Barbarella. Barbarella. Awesome movie, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I 1967. Is that your final answer? Yes. That's not correct. We're really sorry, Scully. 62. No. <laughs> that was It was the year between our births. 68. Correct. Wow, so one year again. Yeah. <laughs> what is this one year thing? I got it right. We actually reviewed Barbarella on Blu-ray. Yeah. It's a really good movie. It's awesome. It's awesome and terrible at the same time. But it's really awesome. File it, file it next to Flash I would God. recommend whatever way that you alter your perception of reality with a chemical or a booze or something that's safe and controllable and legal in your home and you're not going to drive and some other stuff. Uh, glass of wine, maybe two. Something like that. A few beers. And then watch it. Seriously. It would... I know that you love it. You don't drink or anything. But I mean, if you were just a little bit like Loopy, some of that stuff would be so much better. I love that movie. <laughs> it's just so... There's no... Well, there is... I just said, there is something like it. Flash Gordon is like... I was just going to say, and Flash Gordon goes... Well, it would be a perfect double bill. On yeah. a, some night, just watch them both and get totally... But there's nothing else like it. That's it. The, those so are the, I bet there are. There are, but not yeah. that. Not that became big. I mean, yes, there are probably tons of absolutely. Um, but yeah, worth a watch. So um, moving on to movie recommendations. My movie recommendations based on this movie. My first one is Drive, starring Ryan Gosling, and that's because um, Mr. Albert Brooks is a really good performance in it. Uh, it's really weird, Albert Brooks' performance in it. To be honest, he shaved off his eyebrows. To make himself look more weird in it. Um, and my other one is... He's devoted. Another comedy, in quotes, that I love, one of my favourites, is Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler. And the reason I got to that one is I was thinking of funny people. Should I put funny people down? Because I really loved it. And then I thought of Adam Sandler. And then I got to Punch Drunk Love, which is a com... Paul Thomas Anderson refers to it as a comedy. 
it's kind of a tragic comedy. It's a love story, a comedy. A, 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 there's not a lot of comedy. you get the urge to laugh, you also get the feeling that you shouldn't be laughing. Right. That's what happens in Punch. It's Star an Club. awesome movie. It is, really. And have you only ever watched it once? No. Many I times. Have you? Yeah, I've seen it on HBO several times when it was showing. I um. When I've, do you do this stuff? I watched the DVD when I got it. Do you have a secret life? You watched the DVD with me and we saw it on the theatre, so you've watched it at least twice. I don't think I've only seen it once. No, because when I bought the DVD... I've only seen it once. Honestly. Well, I've seen it many times. Well, and mine is our mother, because that's Albert Brooks, with Debbie Reynolds. And it is a very of the 80s, late 80s, early 90s kind of a movie. You know, very almost... I don't know who directed it, but um, almost Woody Allen-ish, kind of, sort of, without the edge of the Woody Allen. But, I mean, it's a very... You just gotta see it. it was, oh, I should have said Also, I'm gonna add one. Defending Your Life. With yeah, books that's and, um, the one that you like. Yeah, right? yes, yeah. I do like that one. I do like Mother. That's why I think you like him a lot, because you love that movie. Uh, I love that movie. That doesn't mean I like him a lot. I like him in it. And then my other one is Love Actually, and that's because... We've said that one quite a bit. We have, but this one's for a specific portion. It's got different stories, and the Emma Thompson and Professor Snape, that story is the one that I like. It's the the marital one. You know, he's sort of flirty with another woman, and then the Christmas present isn't what the wife thinks, and she goes in the bedroom with the cries, but then snaps herself out of it, and... I've always found that to be, one, like, I think that's my favorite moment and part of the story, and it's about marriage and his... It's called Alan Rickman. Right. Wanting a, whatever, now he's Professor Snape. <laughs> wanting a fling, and maybe not, and then her not realizing, you know, so that's another... And they were 40s-ish, I'd say late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's pretty real feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've got kids, too. Funny kids, as well. Kids well, are funny. They're very brief. Uh, so <laughs> there were there was more than one lobster at the birth of baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so um, games and a scully stuff this week. Not been playing very much, but I did play a new game called I can not say this properly. Guaca Guacamole. Is that right? Guacamole. Guacamole. Like guacamole. Because it's guacamole, with but melee. with melee, which is guacamole. What is melee? Melee is hand to hand fighting. Hand to hand fighting. So you're a gamer. <laughs> so the so the game is a side scrolling platformer, um, in the kind of style of like every Metroid. No, like Super Metroid, because it's about like it's a map where you get a power, and that power allows you to go to other places on the map that you couldn't get to previously. So you'll you'll find like a place, and you can't jump high enough, but you'll go back the way you came you'll find a guy and he'll give you the power to jump higher and then you can come back and jump higher so it's kind of a backtracking forward tracking kind of game so that's like the metroid vania they call it because castlevania was also that style but you play this um luchador wrestler dude from mexico and it's a mexican thing and he uh dies at the beginning and you are regenerated as a luchador with superpowers, and you gain these superpowers as you go along through. And the hear game. music like this. Yeah, it's a bit more sophisticated. But it's got cool music. The artwork is really incredible. It's almost like a, like a, 
what do you call that shadow box kind of thing there's a lot of 3d effects going on where there's like layers of things going on and it's but it's so vivid and bright you don't mean 3d like the kids think of it you mean 3d like a viewfinder yeah like parallax as they used to call it back in the day where i just call it like levels there's one close to you the ones in the mid-range and the ones in the background it's like they move at different speeds so it gives you the illusion of um but the game's really cool. It's like um, it's got melee combat. Obviously, that's how you primarily fight. But you get the different moves as you move on. So at the beginning, you can just do one move, and then you get like a move where you can jump up in the air higher, so you can get to platforms that you couldn't get to previously. And the aim of the game is like to go through and it's exploring and beating enemies up. There's rooms full of enemies. Um, you buy it on the P- PS3 or the PlayStation Vita. And when you buy it on either, you get both. It's that it's one of those um, cross-play, they call it. So you get the PS3 version and you get the Vita version for the one price. Now, this is unique in a way because you can play it on the PS3 on the big screen, but you can use your Vita as the controller. And on the Vita is your map. So you don't have to... On the big screen, you would have to flick to the map all the time. Well, the map's permanently there, and you can drag it around with your finger, and you can plot your waypoints. Um, and the actual Vita is the controller for the game, which is really awesome. It's like a, but you can do that. But you can also play on the PS3. Then, when you save your game later, pick your Vita up, and it's where you left off on the PS3. So it's a cross, a true cross game, um, and it's for the one price. And if you're a PlayStation Plus member, it's even cheaper. So. That's Guacamelee, or Guacamelee. Um, it's a PS3 exclusive Vita as well. Um, I've also been playing a little bit of Borderlands 2 on the PC, but my friend who I play it with, his internet has been out all week, so we've not been able to play. So I'll tell you more about that next week. Um, Injustice is out on Tuesday. It's the new DC Comics fighting game from the people who made Mortal Kombat. I'll be able to talk about that next week. We finally... This is not a game, but we finally started watching Game of Thrones. And said, Todd, what did you think? We watched the first three episodes so far. Finally, as in what? We weren't. Like, I wasn't like waiting to watch it. Well, I have been waiting to watch it. I haven't. It. Um, and we're at HBO are airing what, the what third season. What motivated you to watch it? Um, I, people had told me it was good previously, years, a couple of years ago. And I'd forgot. You know, I'm not really... It wasn't in my consciousness... But then I was watching the Jonathan Ross show last week or the week before, and uh, some of the stars from it were on, and they showed a clip, and I was like, "Ooh!" I'd never seen a clip from it. I'd never even seen a trailer or anything. And the way it looked, and they showed a part where I was like, "Wow, that looks like Lord of the Rings or something." You know, it looks doesn't look like a TV show. I was like, "Well, I'll watch the pilot of that just to see if I like it." We decided to watch the pilot and then watch three so episodes three in a row. <laughs> I'm a bit of a gorger. So I don't like necessarily watching these whole series with you because you have a limit. You can watch two and you're fine. Right, but I was tired at the end of three. I understand. It doesn't matter. You're going to do the same thing every time. So I will tolerate it because I like the show a lot. But once I start, I'm a gorger. I'm an addictive person. So it's like, oh, we're only watching two. I start itching and scratching like, can I have just one more? Just one more? And then I want to gobble it all up at once. But 
I enjoy it because it's like, I don't know anybody hardly, even though there's lots of famous people, but I'm not, you know, there's no like standout person. I mean, Sean Bean, obviously, but even then he just blends to me once he's doing his part. And I just like, I'm not a huge fantasy fan, which is like, you know, Renaissance festival fantasy cosplay-ish kind of stuff. Not even Lord of the Rings in terms of... Uh, let me escape from this reality and go to a other, whole other realm of reality with beasts and myths and dragons and shit like that. However, I think there's something in me that appreciates that sort of alternate reality concept of history or whatever it is supposed to be. And um, I think I like the way it develops different things, like the brother and sister who are... He thinks he should be king, and now it's gone from her. I mean, it's kind of obvious when you look back on it, but as it's happening, they do it well, where she's sort of obviously just being handed over to some dude as a nothing, as a trophy. Yeah, and the the brother is, like, hell-bent on becoming king, and he seems like the kind who's just going to kick ass and take charge and, like, really intimidate everybody. And as it slowly starts to swap around through the different episodes, she sheds that weak thing and we're starting to see her be like you know what <laughs> i i married the savage and i'm going to be the queen of the whole world and i like that one i like all the crisscrossing stuff and hbo um i they've not really stirred me wrong ever to be honest i've watched a lot of hbo shows now and i always there's definitely always something about them even true blood yeah, I said there had to be a meeting at some point way back in the very beginning of talks for the show. And somebody had to sit there and go, look, okay, this is it. We're just doing this shit. We're going to spend a bazillion dollars and we're going to hang, we're going to advertise the shit out of it. We're going to get everybody who we can get that's good. We're going to spend money on the costumes and the sets and we're going Even all out Even the CG on this is really good. Because we had Deadwood in our pockets and we let it go. Sopranos. Well, no, Sopranos, not, I mean, Deadwood is a huge budget kind of thing with the building yeah, the whole wasn't. town. The period things are always really expensive, loads of horses and all that kind of shit. And they let it slip through their fingers. Either they didn't push it hard enough or they didn't, you know, they it just disappeared, didn't it? So this time somebody had to go, okay, I'm signing off and you are going to spend a lot of money on this and it's going to be good. And True Blood, that was pretty intense in terms of... Production values, anyway, may not be the classiest show in the world, but lots of sets like, and lots of costumes and super, stunts um, and all kinds of stuff. Like indulgent kind of thing, True Blood. It, it's even become more so, like um, guilty pleasure almost, like because it's so trashy, but it's like fun, like at the same time. But like, I mean, I'm talking more like yeah. I'm also I'm just talking bigger, like lots of stunts, lots of special effects, lots of elaborate sets and, you know, costuming and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Sopranos is what it is. It's people. In Jersey. Sitting around most of the time. Killing each other. It's really sitting excellent. In, sitting in vehicles. <laughs> Yelling at each other. Larry David, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Another. You know, HBO makes some good shit. And talking of HBO, my last thing on my um, Games and Ace Scully stuff for this week is Louis C.K., one of my favorite comedians... His new stand-up special is on HBO tonight, but you know you'll he'll have obviously been on by the time you listen to this. It's called Oh My God, and um, this is a 90-minute stand-up special. Um, 
and you'll be able to watch it on HBO um, on to demand or whatever. Yeah, you know, to go uh, on Monday when you hear this. I he's hysterical to me. I think his it's one of those things like uh, Judd Apatow. It's like really poke like he he pokes right at things that you identify with. Like you're like you know one of my mm. favorite things was about when he was on a plane and somebody next to him was complaining about the internet being slow. Yeah, and he was like. It's you're a, on a it's, plane <laughs> in the sky. You have the internet. It's a and fucking you're miracle. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> or your cell phone. Like he was complain- people complain about their cell. He's like, you have a thing, yeah. and he just holds it up like in your hand. We can communicate with anyone in the world, like in the <laughs> world. And you're complaining that it doesn't do this or it doesn't do that. Like we're a bunch of fucking spoiled. Rotten, da, 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 and not know. just Louis C.K.'s stand-up. I really love his show as well, Louis. Um, you should catch that if you've not seen it. It's on FX, but you can get the Blu-rays now. Um, it's hilarious, really poignant and subtle. Yeah, sometimes it's not funny at all. Sometimes it's an actual like drama. You know, he, you know those last three episodes he did before mm-hmm. it went. They were really kind of touching in a way. You know, it felt like a movie to me. The ones with David Lynch in them. Um, so yeah, uh, Louis C.K. He is the best comedian. Was he in Funny People? Who? Louis C.K. Because he went and found all his '80s comedian friends. Remember? No, remember he wasn't he... in that. I don't think. There's lots of. Um, yeah, there is, but he wasn't cameos in... and stuff. All right, so that's my stuff for this week. So Sid, talk. What's for dinner? And what's your advice for this week? Both of those things. Oh dear, you're asking me. Uh, supper will be eggplant parmesan, not homemade. And it's vegetarian. I guess eggplant parmesan always is. <laughs> yeah. Unless they slip some bacon in there or something. <laughs> Somebody probably does, let's be honest. Like, oh yeah, I make eggplant parmesan, but I put chicken in it. <laughs> Fair I enough. I substitute the eggplant for beef. <laughs> with beef. Yes. No, take the eggplant out. Yes, what I'm saying. So, yeah. Yes, replace <laughs> it with beef. And then, um, and some salad maybe, or a vegetable of some type. I don't know. I haven't decided that yet. And our dessert will be Klondike bars of the Oreo variety, because that is my favorite at the moment. You can also have cookies if you want, but I'm having the ice cream. And um, my advice is... Um, it says it right It there. says it, but I don't know if that has the impact that I wanted to have. It's like, don't underestimate the impact that you have on people in life. You know, direct contact with people. Whether it's good or bad. You know, you don't know that that day that you went in the store and the clerk was having a really bad day and she, you know, the bitch in front of, the bitchy person in front of her, you, and the jerky guy in behind of you are like all impatient and giving her shit, but you're the one in the middle going, don't worry about it, you'll be fine, just chill, I'm not in a hurry. Or she does something and then gets all hung up and you're the person who in that day just left that tiniest bit of like, oh, right, everybody's not an asshole. And even though that might only last a flicker of a second, and she won't remember you by the end of that busy day, it doesn't matter. Because the impact in that moment, the next few customers, maybe it just lightened her burden or his burden a little bit, or a waiter or a waitress or a friend, anybody, coworker. You just do not know, you know? Now, I can be quite sharp, acute. No shit. Person. <laughs> I am fully aware of myself, though. I have have no delusion about the impact that I have on people, good and bad. I don't hide it well when I'm annoyed. 
I can fake it really well if I know it's appropriate. You know, like today, I didn't hide it well. I was at Walmart, which I hate going to Walmart. But I decided to use the self-checkout because they've installed this little wrangled yeah, corral of self-help. Of self, <laughs> self-help. I wish you could go to Walmart for self-help. That would be hilarious. To even <laughs> walk by a corral of self-help booths for Walmart patrons. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. But that's not what this was. That sounds like it should be a TV show. You need to tell Judd Apatow. Walmart has opened up a self-help corral where you can go sit at a little table and like do some self-help exercises with yourself. Anyway, the self-checkout. So there are two ladies managing the seven or eight self-checkout things. I get over to mine. I do the thing. It says, put your bag, because I bring my own bag. It says, put your bag on the thing. I put my bag on the thing. And it says, I'm sorry, I have an unrecognized item. And I'm like, oh, cancel. And then it says, oh, I'm sorry, but you wait for an attendant. Well, the attendant was standing next to me. The lady next to me was having a similar problem. And the lady fixed her problem. And as they were fin- fixing it, she started a conversation about the weather. <laughs> How nice it was. And, da, da, da. and then they got off on the topic of, what are you doing? Well, on my day off, I'm going to... And she stood there and talked to the lady. And I'm standing there with my thing blinking in it saying, with as far apart as you and I are, saying, please wait for an attendant. Da, 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 da. Please wait for an attendant. I looked. I caught her eyes. I didn't do anything the first time. She keeps talking. Da, 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 da. Then I rolled my eyes. I crossed my... I took a deep breath. <clears throat> rolled my eyes. I got annoyed. Now, I don't... I didn't want to interrupt their conversation, because that's plain old rude. Yes. But it just... My body... I could feel my body out of my control being like, I did this with my hands. Like, did that. What I'm doing. Showing you. Raised my hands up. Looked at her. Pointed to the machine. She keeps talking. So... In that moment, I might have been the person who confirmed to her that people are really horrible because I was being really animated and, like, rolling my eyes. A guy walked past who had just had problems with another one, and he he and I kind of, like, you know, he's like, yeah, I get it. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I looked at her, and she kept talking. So my impact on her was probably, like, she was like, well, I'm not going to stop talking if you're going to act like that. You know what I mean? I imagine. So, but I'm aware of it. That's what I'm saying. You know, don't. Be blind to the impact of the good or the bad that you do. It could be on a big scale. Like you went, a friend is in is getting hospice and you went and spent a day. It, they're the end of their life. That just, that's some serious shit right there. And though their life is going to end, the impact that you had ushering them through the end of that life is, on you it's profound. And on them it's amazing as well. So, unless you are an asshole to them. <laughs> Rolling your eyes at them and going, well, are you going to die or not? You know, that, don't do that. But I just think, um, more people seem to not be aware of the good impact that they have on people. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't, I don't know, though. Maybe it's more like they don't realize the bad. Food food for thought. So, thanks for listening to our show. Uh, after the show, this was number 270. You can check out our websites, ascoli.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. Do you like wearing glasses? Not really. I do not. 
Um, you can uh, catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to all the podcasts there. You can email feedback to me at ascully at Don't email Sid Talk, because um, I don't know what she's laughing at, but don't email because it's it's really hard to explain to people. Like, I'm at, I've got my glasses on. You say, no, not really. Now, I'm not a delicate person. <laughs> so that's fine. I don't care. I'm not buying them for you. But I'm thinking anyone listening to this conversation, as they are, would be like, oh, dude, don't tell her I don't like the glasses. I've become accustomed to the honesty thing. Which is they magnify <laughs> your eyes like really crazy. I know. That's why I love them. You know, it makes you I've already like got big eyes. And I like them. A little bit mental. <laughs> <laughs> not magnifying glasses <laughs> and they're only 1.75 strength these are the cheap kind of glasses I don't I haven't got and I even bought the value pack the uh, double Tom Cruise style double bridge <laughs> they're Foster <laughs> they're Foster Grant I can't help the way that they look yeah, Foster Grant's from 1970 <laughs> but I didn't want the little skinny ones anymore but you know this the double yeah, yeah. That's, they're Foster Grant I don't know what to say Five dollar Foster Grants. I didn't want the little skinny ones. I, I got like mine. I got skinny ones as well because when I'm drawing or reading and looking down, that's fine. But sometimes I need everything in clear view and a bigger thing. So I got these big Foster, Gr- <laughs> big roundy. They're pretty bad. No, they're fine. <laughs> if you were from 1970, they're pretty good. Well, there you go. All right, so um, that's it. Uh, stay classy, Mr. Jude Apatow. Love this movie. And Sid talk. Think for yourself what people are going to do for you. Foster Grants. <laughs> this show was sponsored by Foster Grants. <laughs> <laughs>